Welcome to the meeting edition of Truth Serum. I trust you are keeping safe and observing safe distancing. You know, there's a lot to learn from this season. Interestingly enough, some of us are struggling to be as busy as possible. But honestly, it's important to check your priorities. This could actually be a good time to reappraise your life rules and start filling the gaps you notice. Anyway, I'm your host Mudupe Wigwe and I'm here in Lagos, Nigeria. Today we will start a two-part series on the 12 thinking errors that a lot of us make. Again, we can also call them thinking styles, not just thinking errors, we could call them thinking styles as well. What is important though is the fact that these thinking errors affect us profoundly. So I will be discussing six of them today and six more on the next episode of Truth Serum. The first thinking style or thinking error that we're going to be talking about is the one we call the fortune telling, jumping to conclusions. Yes, fortune telling, you know, a situation where you interpret things in a negative manner, even though there is absolutely no evidence to support your conclusion. Now, in order for you to be able to do this effectively, it involves fortune telling. So you have to be a fortune teller. Now, are you a fortune teller? We have quite a few fortune tellers amongst us. Yes. Let me give you three examples of fortune telling. Take, for example, you have an interview and then you start to say, this interview is going to be a disaster. I'm going to make a fool of myself. I know I'm going to make a fool of myself. Okay. How do you know? Have you been to this particular interview before? How do you know you're going to make a fool of, of yourself? What makes you so sure? Is it the fact that you have not prepared? Of course, which automatically means that you need to prepare, right? But what is it that makes you so sure that it's going to be a disaster? The thing is, if you say it often enough, if you tell yourself often enough and, you know, strongly enough, then you can bewitch yourself into actually making a fool of yourself, which interestingly enough is not what you want. But you have not been saying the things that you want. Instead, you have been telling yourself everything that you do not want. Now, another example of fortune telling is to say something like, he did not call yesterday. I'm sure he's no longer interested in me. He did not call yesterday, so I'm sure he's no longer interested in me. How does his not calling immediately mean that he is no longer interested? How do those two things line up? You know, and then how do you know? Because you don't have any proof, right? You haven't spoken to that person yet. At least wait until you talk to that person. But to automatically jump to the conclusion that the only reason why he hasn't called is because he's no longer interested. Now that's fortune telling, right? And it's not even a good one. Now, the third one is to say something like, she left the room just as I was walking in. She must have left because of me. I know she left because I came in. It was because of me that she left. How do you know? How do you know? Some of us are fortune tellers, you know, and we have cost ourselves and other people a lot of grief just through our fortune telling because we are so good at predicting all the wrong things. Now you can imagine in some relationships at home, I mean the husband and wife, right? If you can just remove this issue of fortune telling, I'm sure they would have a happy marriage. And by the way, it's, it's not just um, um, somebody else that is affected by this. Even you 
as a person, you as the person who is the fortune teller, in other words, you the fortune teller, right? Because you keep on predicting these negative things to yourself, you're putting yourself under a lot of pressure, under a lot of stress, a lot of strain, right? Because you are forever predicting negative things to yourself. Then you can now imagine somebody who is in a relationship with you or people who know you, your own, your friends, who just know that every time you're going to say something, it's going to be negative. You will jump to conclusions as well. And this can affect the relationship. It can affect the relationship that they have with you because they may decide that they, it's, not, it's not fun talking to you or you're not the best person to have around at certain times because this is how you would um, respond. So it's definitely worth it to become aware if you are a fortune teller. Do you want to continue being a fortune teller or is it time for a career change? The next thinking style that we're going to be discussing is the thinking style we call the entitlement thinking style or thinking error, entitlement. And this is when someone assumes that they have the right to have something or behave in a certain way simply because they want to, just because it's them and they can just because so again i'll give you three examples of the entitlement thinking style or thinking error one if someone annoys me i'm entitled to lose my temper with them this would be okay if you were still three years old or four years old or five but now that you're out of your huggies it's just assumed that you would be in a in a position of more responsibility i mean you you would be ready to take on more responsibility which includes living with other people and being able to relate to them another example of entitlement thinking error is to say something like if somebody is boring i'm entitled to ignore them right okay again how mature is that Another example of the entitlement thinking style is to say something like, if this marriage is not working, I'm entitled to walk out of it. <laughs> okay, this entitlement thinking style, I promise you, would ensure that your relationships crash and burn. Because in order for you to have this thinking style, you would need to ignore the rights of the other person. You know, it always has to be all about you. And who wants to hang around somebody who is like that? The next thinking error that we're talking about is the mental filtering, having a mental filter. Now, this is where you view information through your own unique distorted lens, not seeing things as they really are. You see them the way you think they are, you know, and it's not necessarily rational at all, right? It, it's quite distorted. So this is mental filtering. So again, I'm going to give you three examples of mental filtering. Take for example, you're out with a friend and then you had a wonderful time, wonderful day, nice meal, good conversation. And then somewhere along the line, there was a slight um, um, argument about something. And all you can remember of that day is the argument. That's a mental filter because you somehow manage to dismiss every other thing that's happened and just focus on that little bit, which by the way, was not was for such a short period of time, you know? However, that is where your focus is. 
So that's a mental that's a mental filter. Another example of a mental filter, and this is quite common, is a situation where a child brings home his results at the end of the term and he has failed one subject, one subject out of maybe seven or even more than that. And the only thing that the parents can see is the one subject that he has failed. So he is scolded more than he is praised for the ones that he, uh, the subjects that he was able to pass. This is the sort of thing that can make a child quite resentful. Now, another um, example of a mental filter is somebody in the workplace, your boss who always praises you actually for jobs well done. But this particular day, you didn't do the job quite well or maybe you didn't meet the deadline and he scolds you. And then you start to look at him like some kind of monster, you know? Why? Because you can't get past that. You can't get past the scolding. You've forgotten all the other times when he has been praising you for jobs well done. Mental filter can cause us a lot of stress, a lot of grief, in fact. Because when you have a mental filter, it will make you more anxious. And somebody who has a mental filter as well is prone to depression. Either the mental filter will enhance an existing depressive condition that you have, or it will actually lead to depression. The next thinking error that we're going to be looking at is demand thinking. Demand thinking is when you have shoulds. I should, I must, I ought to, it has to. We decide that the world and people have to be a certain way. If, it, if they're not that way, then it's awful. I mean, life is unfair. Everything is terrible and we can't bear it. We can't take it, you know, we won't stand for it. Take for example, you say something like, how dare he behave that way? It's outrageous. Or I strongly disapprove. So from now on, I'm going to be very cold towards him. I'm going to punish him or I'm going to punish her. You know, it's a big world full of different people with different views to which they are entitled to, by the way, just like you are entitled to yours. So nobody must or ought or should anything because they have their rights as well, just like you do yours. And it's always good to be able to remember that. I mean, it just makes life so much easier when we can remember that. Demand thinking makes us take responsibility for other people. In other words, we insist that they are supposed to be a certain way, right? And that puts a lot of pressure and strain on us. You know something, when you insist that this is a certain way people are going to be, you know, you want to control the outcomes every time, you want to be in charge, then that is a sure way of being absolutely stressed out every time. As such, when you have demand thinking, you can be sure that you're going to be stressed out. The next thinking error that we're going to be talking about, and this is our fifth one, is mind reading, <laughs> aka jumping to conclusions. So you go around reading people's minds and interpreting things in a very negative manner, even though there is no evidence whatsoever to support your conclusion. So without checking your facts, you conclude that you know exactly what somebody is thinking. So for example, you say things like, she thinks I'm an idiot. Really, how do you know? They don't like me. I know she wants to say no. These are all mind reading 
that's you just reading minds. You can imagine that somebody who reads minds constantly would be a very worried and anxious person indeed. Now for our sixth thinking style, and that's the all or nothing thinking. Now, in this thinking era, things are viewed in black and white only. In other words, there are no shades of gray in between. So if a situation does not go perfectly well, the person with this thinking style will view it as a total failure. So this person thinks in extremes only. For example, unless I perform perfect, perfectly in this task, I am a failure. Or if I'm not sure he will say yes, I won't even bother. Or again, if it isn't going to work, I won't even try. Now you can imagine that somebody with this thinking style would definitely not be a happy person. And then it's very likely to also have a lot of botched opportunities. Our thinking styles or thinking errors have very far reaching effects on us. And they can lead to disease, actual disease in the body. They can lead to failed relationships and missed opportunities in life. And that is why it is so, so important to become aware of your thinking style or the thinking error that, you know, is a part of your life and choose to do something about it. It is so important. Depression, hypertension and various mental health disorders, you know, anxiety, you know, uh, all of these things are rooted in these types of thinking styles and limiting thought patterns. I just thought it's important for me to um, give some examples of the sort of physical disease that we can have as a result of these limiting patterns, just to emphasize how important it is that we, uh, we become aware that we have these uh, um, patterns and that we start to break them. So what can we do about this limiting thought patterns or limiting thinking styles or limiting thinking errors what can we do about them okay i have about seven things here which i honestly want us to work on for the rest of the week i'd like you to try it out and see how it works for you so let me take number one like i said earlier become aware of your thinking style or the thinking errors that you exhibit you know start noticing it actually pay conscious attention make a conscious effort to notice how you think ask people for feedback and actually listen to them because sometimes we don't really know how we come across so it takes somebody telling us and we've been willing to listen for us to even know what is going on so ask people for feedback and actually listen to them now the second thing is to start challenging your thinking errors or styles. Start challenging the thinking error or thinking style that you have. So take for example, if it's demand thinking, ask yourself, you know, why am I demanding this of others? Start challenging it. If it is all or nothing thinking, ask yourself, is there another way of looking at this? Could there be something else going on here? And if you have been mind reading, then challenge it by asking yourself, how do I know? I didn't, I didn't hear this from this person, so how do I know that that is what they're thinking? How do I know that that's the response that they're going to give me? You know, start challenging the way you think. The next thing is to notice how your thinking style or the thinking error, how it makes you feel. 
How does it make you feel? Does it make you feel good? Does it mess up your day? Does it mess up your relationship? How does it make you feel? How has it been affecting you up to now? The fifth tip that I'm going to give you is that you should not be judgmental. Don't be judgmental. Why? Because it keeps thinking errors in place. It holds them very firmly in place. If you're looking for a fertile soil for thinking errors, then let's start with judgmentalism. You know, and it's funny, right? Because religion is something that I know can make us quite judgmental. Because a lot of times we find that very religious people um, judge other people and think to themselves, oh, they hold themselves up to a higher standard, i.e. this person is not as good as me, this person, you know, lack of tolerance. That's just what I'm trying to say, right? So when you find yourself being intolerant of others, honestly, it holds your thinking error in place. As such, it's very important if you're trying to break a limiting pattern, like a thinking error, if you're trying to break that pattern, then it's better if you are not judgmental. So that means you have another assignment. Watching yourself, checking yourself to see if you are judgmental and doing something about it. Now, the sixth tip is gratitude journal. Keeping a gratitude journal, just being grateful for things, it tends to change the way we look at life and the way we see other people. I think maybe because it just fills our mind with good thoughts. <laughs> so it, it makes it difficult for the negative thoughts to crowd out the things that we really should be thinking. So try keeping a gratitude journal. A gratitude journal is just a, a place where you write down all the things that you are grateful for. You know, so practice gratitude every day. It really helps. Now, the final one, the seventh one, is that you make a list of your strengths and what is good about you. So what is it that's good about you? What do we know about? What do you know about yourself? No, I mean, you know, what is good about you? What are your strengths? Because you need to focus on them. If you focus on them, it just makes you more accepting of others because you accept your own self more, right? So being able to focus on your strengths, that really helps a lot. So we've taken seven tips and I'd like to advise you that during the course of the week, you try out all of these things that I have listed. Try them out. Start by being aware of your thinking style and then start challenging them. You know, ask people for feedback. Notice how your thinking style affects you so that it helps you make up your mind to even to make up your mind that you definitely want to do something about it you know if you don't know something you can't do something about it but once you become aware it makes it easier for you to take action right then of course remember not to be judgmental remember to keep you that you can keep a gratitude journal it helps i promise right and then make a list of your strengths be more accepting of yourself be more confident of the fact that you do have strengths as you love yourself more you will be able to love other people more you know like they say you can't give what you don't have so very important whoa and now we've come to the end of the program already so today we've been talking about different thinking styles or thinking errors and i said that we have 12 of them today we've been able to treat six and they are fortune telling 
entitlement thinking, mental filtering, demand thinking, mind reading, and all or nothing thinking. Remember, hit the subscribe button and you get to download the slides for today's um, podcast. So thank you very much for joining me. I really hope you've learned some things and that you're going to be able to do certain things differently. And in fact, I'm hoping starting from today that there will be some things that you're going to choose to do differently. So I look forward to seeing you next week. And until then, do stay safe.